friends deal here. So I am live. I don't. I'm doing more live stuff on Facebook. I don't really do Facebook a lot, but I tell you, I need to do more on Facebook because a lot of you use Facebook. So here I am trying to do Facebook. All right. So the topic today, big topic, big topic. USB two hundred and seventy. So. Let's run this back a little bit and talk a little bit about, well, I want to talk about the underground. I want to talk about the main part because I think the main part really is why they start charging so much money. Jim Miller, Donald Cerrone, we're just going to pretend that that is on the main card. Jim Miller and Donald Cerrone have about a hundred fights between them. Right? That said, it doesn't matter who wins this fight, just that this fight gets to happen and it's Jim Miller and Donald Cerrone. Both of these guys have been around, uh, like I said, they had a combined uh, un over 100 fights. Uh, they, yeah, they're good. They're both good. Neither of them are, are going to be cut if they win or lose this fight. It's an interesting fight, I, although I'll go with Donald Cerrone because in this fight, I like him to win because I think he's had a really good quality time off. Now, he's also uh, been scheduled to fight recently. Uh, that fight did not come to fruition. He was uh, ready. His opponent was not. I think it was an illness injury. And so they rebooked him against Jim Miller. And for some reason, I think this fight has already happened, but it probably has. doesn't matter. That said, I'm going to go with Donald Cerrone. He's had some good quality time off since getting shoulder crushed to death by Conor McGregor a few years ago. And I'm looking forward to it. I think mean, Jim Miller and Donald Cerrone is a fun match. You're talking about a really high-level kickboxing guy that's a really high-level grappler. Now, they're both good kickboxers, and they're both good grapplers. This is a fun match. They've got pretty similar records. 34-16, and 36-16. and 16. You know, it's it's a fight that uh, is probably going to be bloody um, or it's going to end quick. I don't know. It's going to be a fun. This is going to be the fun fight to really start to watch. Now, if you a little bit about the fight before this, Ian Gary and Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Green. You know, you want to watch that fight. Ian Gary's prospect for a reason that these two gentlemen are veterans. If you are a, a, a young fan, if you've been watching UFC for a couple of years, this Jim Miller-Donald Cerrone fight is going to be an active fight to watch. It's, as a fan, if this, isn't a, if this fight didn't happen in 2000, somewhere behind between 2009 and 2011, I'm glad it's happening in 2022. You know, unfortunately, these guys aren't playing chickens anymore, but it's a fun fight to watch. On paper, Donald Cerrone and Jim Miller is definitely the kind of fight that you want to watch on a Saturday evening. All right, if you have nothing better to do, definitely a fight you want to watch. It's going to be very active. You're going to see some good kickboxing. You're going to see some good striking. You're going to see some good grappling. Moving on to Jalen Turner and Brad Rydell. Uh, Jalen Turner has been kind of on the tear recently. I like him. I like him in what he's doing. Brad Rydell, however, we're looking at a record of 10 and 2 versus 12 and 5. Jade, um, Jalen Turner has a win over my guy, Uris Mets. Uris is a good fighter. He's a, a former kickboxing champion. He is and has been a champion. He's a hell of a fighter. And he experienced his very first loss against Jalen Turner. Right? Jalen Turner then turned around and had uh, a, a knockout of uh, Danny Malarkey. Um, so he's, he's on a tear. 
He's he's on a four fight win streak. All right, now he's ten. He is twelve and five, but he's he's on a solid win streak against solid fighters. Uh, Brad Rydell, he's ten and two. Um, I don't know. I think for me, I'm, I'm gonna go with Jalen Turner because he's got momentum now. Um, Mr. Rydell is coming off of a loss to Raphael Fizzi. Uh, I'm probably butchering that. Uh, a knockout is a spinning wheel kick. Jalen Turner is a dangerous guy. The tarantula can can hit you and kick you and submit you. So with that, I'm going to go with Jalen Turner. I, I like him in this. Now, moving on to Pedro Munoz and Sean O'Malley. You know what? I like Pedro Munoz in this fight. I think he's, you know, we're looking at kind of similar records. Um, I mean, they're similar, but they're different. 19-7 and seven, uh, versus 15-1. and one. Uh, His last two lo- uh, lo- uh, fights are losses, uh, Jose Aldo and Dominic Cruz. Um, but he's got a long line of wins. Right? He's, got a, he's got wins over some very, very solid guys like Jimmy Rivera, like Cody Garbrandt, like Brian Caraway, like Rob Fox. All right? He's a very, very solid fighter, and I think that every fight that we see Sean O'Malley in, he's fighting tougher and tougher opponents. Um, but the more I look at this fight, I think it is favors Sean O'Malley's striking. So I would expect I would expect something in the first round. I would expect it to be uh, brutal. But I imagine that Pedro Munoz is going to do his best to, to wrestle and uh, and go that route. But I think that the more I look at this fight, the more I like Sean O'Malley in it. Now, moving on, we've got Ryan, uh, Robbie Lawler and Brian Barbarina. Now, first off, the name Brian Barbarina is just cool. That makes, makes me happy to say Brian Barbarina. It doesn't even sound like a real person. It sounds like somebody that was written for a TV show. Taking on a legend in Robbie Lawler. Now, Robbie Lawler is absolutely... A blood and guts fighter. If you are a boxing fan, I would compare him to Arturo Gatti. He is a great fighter, he has lots of fun to watch, and he will always be entertaining. That being said, he is 29-15, former welterweight champion, uh, coming up against a much younger guy who is 17-8. This is an interesting fight, but I think this this has all of the potential to, to be a blood and guts fight, but I am, the more I look at it, the more I feel that Brian Barbarina is is in a better place to take this fight and uh, and walk away with the W, all right? Now, not to say that, not to take anything away from Robbie Lawler uh, by any means. Robbie Lawler can still stop this fight, all right? It's absolutely possible. All right. His opponent has knockouts to Vincente Luque, uh, Randy Brown, Leon Edwards, Colby Covington. He's got a loss to uh, his loss to Leon Edwards was a decision. His losses are two elite guys. Robbie Lawler is an elite guy, but he's an elite guy, probably more towards the tail end of his career. So I'm going to have to. I'm betting money. I gotta go with Brian Barbarina because I think that that's the smart money. Now, Sean Strickland and Alex uh, and uh, Alex Ray. By the way, if anyone wants to tap in and they want to join me because you have a differing opinion, I'd love to hear from you. Okay, I'd love to have a conversation with you. But Sean Strickland and Alex Pereira. 
Alex Perea has a very interesting record. He's 5-1-0. Sean Strickland is 25-3. This is a very significant placing on a very significant card on a pay-per-view card. Okay? Alex Perea doesn't have a long record in this martial arts. That said, he has the distinction of knocking out Israel Adesanya, the current middleweight champion, twice in a kickboxing match. So, I think you're looking at a real, real chance for a knockout from Alex Perea, but I think that Sean Strickland turns this into an MMA fight. I think Sean Strickland picks him up, I think he puts him down, and he puts the kickboxer in positions that he's uncomfortable being in. Right? I think that's what happens with Sean Strickland. I think Sean Strickland is going to pick him up, he's going to put him down, he's going to hold him in place, and he's going to elbow him, and he's going to punch him in the face, and he's going to do everything he can to make it hard for Alex Perea to breathe, and then eh, maybe he'll choke him out. But if I'm, I'm betting man, that's where I see this going. I see, I see the experience being on the part of Sean Strickland. I see him winning by making this and keeping this an MMA fight. I think Sean Strickland is as elite as they come. Alright? I, I think that no matter who wins the main event, Sean Strickland will be fighting them um, for the belt soon enough. There you go. But it, that said, if Alex Perea knocks out Sean Strickland, he immediately goes to the top of the list. You've got a great story there with Israel Adesanya. All right, you have a that that story is built in, right? In which case, I think Israel would turn into an MMA fight. But going back to Sean Strickland, Alex Perea, I think Sean Strickland takes it by making it an, an MMA fight. Now we've got a featherweight title fight. This is a rematch. Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway. I like Max Holloway. I like I like Lust. Lust is best. And I think that in the featherweight division, he beats everybody except Alexander Volkanovsky. And I will tell you why. A couple of different reasons. One, using MMA match. Three quarters of the time, the rematch favors the winner of the first fight. Not a lot to that. Very simple. Uh, you can look at that, and I think short of Dustin Poirier, Poirier and Conor McGregor, every fight that I think of, it, it goes the same way the second time as it went the first time. And in the case of Dustin and Conor, it went the same way the second time, uh, but the same way the third time that it went the second time. I would say that if a fourth fight were to happen, it would end just like the second and third, based on those mathematics. Okay. Volkanovski, Holloway. Volkanovski already has a win. Moving on from that, all right, you were talking about a guy that used to be a heavyweight. Alexander Volkanovski used to be a heavyweight, and now he is a featherweight. He took hits from way bigger guys than Max Holloway. All right. Max Holloway is a great striker. And if he's fighting natural, he uh, natural featherweight, I think that he smoked all of them. 
but I don't think Alexander Volkanovsky's natural. And, and I don't mean like to say that he's on steroids, but I, I don't. It's weird seeing him as a featherweight, knowing that he used to be a heavyweight. All right, that's so strange to me. Uh, but his last loss was to a guy named Corey Nelson in 2013. I just, I don't think that there's anyone that can beat Volkanovski right now because he is too strong at that weight class. Plain and simple. He weighs, he fights at 145 pounds, but he used to fight much, much bigger guys. And he used to participate in life as a much, much bigger man. So with that said, i got to go with Volkanovski. Just go in the mathematics. Right? There's... I don't need to see this fight again. Like, we've seen this fight before. We don't need to see this fight again. I don't... I mean, there's no reason for Volkanovski to, to move up. I mean, maybe he moves up. Maybe he moves up to 155, but I don't think he needs to. If you disagree, let me know. I'd love your thoughts on it. But I think that Volkanovski wins. I don't think that there's a way that Max Holloway wins this. And I think Max Holloway probably knows that. Um... Yeah. I don't think there's anyone that beats Volkanovski at featherweight, not for a long time. Moving on to the main event. So, a big part of the reason I'm going with Volkanovski is the same reason I'm going with Jared Kenemir. Jared Kenemir has knocked out heavyweight. His losses, um, while one of them has been to a guy that Israel Adesanya beat, it was a decision loss. Robert Whitaker after he got his arm broken in the first round. Derek Kenanier got his arm broken, still fought to a five round decision. He was a very tough man. Alright. That dude kept a fist fight going for twenty minutes after his arm got broken. That's that's tough. That's really, really tough. So when you look at his losses though, and let's really look at his loss, there's the guys like Jan Lahovic. They are two guys like Glover Teixeira. They are two guys like Dominic Reyes. And this is Dominic Reyes pre. Alright, this is Dominic Reyes pre-fighting Zanzan. Dominic Reyes is firing on all cylinders. He is doing everything right. He knocks out Jared Cannonier. He fights Zanzan. Great. Jared Cannonier, aside from that lone decision loss, in a fight he had his arm broken in, has been flawless at 185 because like Volkanovski he is bigger and stronger than everyone else in the weight division right while Israel Adesanya is a couple inches taller they're not the same build that's a big difference in two inches right Jared Kananir has knocked out people that uh, Israel Adesanya has fought to a decision alright the Anderson Silva fight is a prime example. He knocked Anderson Silva out with light kicks. Alright? Israel Adesanya fought to a decision. Now, I don't think that Israel Adesanya couldn't have knocked out Anderson Silva. I think he chose not to. I think he chose not to engage Anderson Silva and not to humiliate him. Jared Cannon here doesn't give a fuck. Alright? Jared Cannon here does not care. Okay? Look, look at his wins, and you can tell it's, you know, 
he'll fight you to a decision, but he'd rather just fuck you up quick. Alright? Uh, he has a decision loss to Blahovitz, he has a decision loss to Glover Teixeira. Okay? Those are decisions. And when he fought Glover Teixeira, the former light heavyweight champion of the world, Glover Teixeira had to be the crafty veteran. Okay? That was a fight that Jared Cannonier could have easily won, but Glover Teixeira was a better fighter. He was a better mixed martial artist on that night, and he won the takedown. That said, all right, his next fight, third round TKO, all right, moving on to Jan Blahovic, he loses a unanimous decision. When Jan Blahovic fought Israel Adesanya, it was a completely different thing, okay? Yes, it was, it was a decision, but he was on top of him. He was mauling him. Israel Adesanya didn't look good for a single round in that fight. Jan Blahovic dominated that entire fight because if Israel was throwing something, you're darn Putin, all right? You're darn Putin, um, it could be taken, all right? Yeah, I just don't see, I think, I think Israel is gonna, is gonna look pretty cool on his feet, but that's not where the fight is going to take place. I'm going to, um, say that Jared Cannonier is going to get a really, really nice grip. He's going to uh, pick up Israel Adesanya, and he's going to put him on his back, and he's, he's going to ragdoll him. And he's going to maul him. I think he's going to do the same thing Jan Blahovic did. All right, he is going to take away the tools that make Israel Adesanya so strong, and he's going to put him on his back, and he's going to do the thing that he does oh so well. All right, so... Yeah, I am going with Jared Kim here. I'm going by Jared Kim, with Jared Kim in here. Uh, I think it's done in the second round, and I think that I think that we see Israel Adesanya really take an L, like a real scary, ugly L in this fight. I think that we are going to be reminded that ultimately, like this is this is mixed martial arts, but it's street fighting in a case. And while Israel Adesanya might be the best striker in mixed martial arts, it's still mixed martial arts. And Jared Cannonier is a big, strong, scary man. Alright, he's also like 38 years old and he's got a family. This is, this is it. This man can change his family fortune. Israel Adesanya's fortune has already been changed. You've seen it in the jewelry, you've seen it in the sports cars, you've seen all of that. I think that Israel Adesanya, I don't think he's overlooking Jared Cannonier, but I think he has to tell himself that he's going to put on a clinic because the fact of the matter is that Jared Cannonier is going to put his hands on him and he's not going to let go. He is going to fight like his family's future depends on it and he's going to win. Because his family's future depends on it and he knows what it's like to have to go to work when it's 20 below. Israel Adesanya doesn't know what that life is like. Jared Cannonier is a bigger, stronger man who has fought bigger, stronger men. And I think on Saturday, he will come out on top. I think Israel Adesanya will get ragged. Right I think there will be a rematch. And I think the same thing will happen. 
Strickland in the first round, and then maybe we see Sean Strickland and Jared Kennedy. And by that point, Jared has hopefully made a fortune, and uh, and that's how we're going. Yeah. And and then we get to see what that looks like. Sean Strickland and Jared Kennedy. I think that that's a fun fight. I don't think. Um, you know what, that, that might be fun to hear how those two uh, try and sell that fight because um, even when he's talking to kids, Sean Strickland seems pretty respectful. Um, Jerry Cannonier doesn't really seem to talk shit. He just, he goes in there and um, he does his best to stop it quickly. And I think, you know what, that's to be commended on Jared Cannonier's part because if you're punching, if you're Jared Cannonier and you're punching someone in the head, you got to know you can fuck them up, right? you got to know you can hurt them real, real bad. So, uh, you know, bless his heart for trying to get in and out as quick as possible. Thank you, Jared Kennedy. Yeah, I'm going with Jared Kennedy over Israel Adesanya. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for tapping in. I'm going to go ahead and tap out. Have a great one.